when I was hang gliding in Brazil, for example, I was extremely hungover, like probably <laughs> one of the worst hangovers I've ever had. They were, I was in Copacabana with um, my best friend who's Brazilian. We had been in Brazil for two weeks. We were in Brasilia, which no one spoke English there. Like she was basically translating for me the entire time. Then we went to Rio. They, they had like $1 Capadinhas at this like hostel bar. There was like dance parties. It was wild. And then the next day I was hang gliding and it took everything in my body not to puke on every single civilian on that beach. Hello, I'm Alan Hill. In this podcast series of The Nostalgic Vagabond, we're talking travel, all kinds of travel, with all kinds of interesting people from all around the world. In conversation, we'll share personal anecdotes, tales of adventure, and maybe misadventure too. Listen in for some unique cultural perspectives, tips from seasoned veterans, and an array of diverse experiences that have contributed to many life-changing journeys. Travel really is a privilege. We know that now. And if we can't do it right this very moment, let's talk about it then. Hey, where are you right now? On this episode of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast, I talk with Tatum Skipper. Tatum is an entrepreneur, and travel is at the heartbeat of her enterprise. Some people know her as the fearless travel coach. Others may know her as the founder of Bon Voyage Babes Travel Block. And maybe the rest of us? as the host of 20 Till Takeoff podcast. If you've met Tatum on The Traveller's Beat and didn't know these amazing things she's up to in her day-to-day, you might know Tatum as a no-bullshit person, a dive-head-first traveller, a barrel of laughs, maybe a classic drinking buddy, but no doubt all-round good company. In conversation, Tatum reveals that certain toxic relationships in her past pushed her to step outside of herself and the person she'd fallen into in order to rediscover her true identity again, and travel helped her make that happen. But what does true identity mean? How much do we bullshit each other? And how much do we bullshit ourselves? What I like is Tatum is refreshingly bullshit-free. We chat about travel social media and whether or not it is an authentic representation of the travel experience. Is it better to have a positive experience rather than a negative one? How much do expectations play a role in the outcomes of certain travel adventures? Tatum offers candid stories of some of her dumb-ass mistakes from the past. Fear takes centre stage in the second half of the chat. Tatum expresses how she fears regret more than failure and gives away some free advice with her girl approach to travel and fears in life in general. It's good stuff. Anyways, let's get to the conversation. Tatum Skipper, thanks for coming on the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I am so fucking excited to be talking all about travel and fears and everything in between. That's great. I've been looking forward to this recording for a little while now. It's because I really like your your vibe when you're talking about things. It's like a no fluff, no filters, <laughs> no bullshit, real fucking talk. And so, yeah, and often that comes along with a bit of drinking. So what are you drinking today? I am drinking, so Truly, which is one of my favorite hard seltzers, came out with their like golden teas, which um, I'm drinking like a raspberry tea. So it's like a hard seltzer, 5%. uh, I think it's only 100 calories, like one gram of sugar. So the perfect summer drink. And it's about to be 70 degrees here in Atlanta. So your girl is ready for summer. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Well, I've got Sam Brooks Brewery Premium Best Bitter in the bottle today. Mm. I've never tasted it before. Probably not the best beer to be drinking in a summertime hot weather down there in Georgia, but we've got some shitty weather coming through in Liverpool right now in the UK, so I think this is about where it needs to be. Yeah. It'll get me through it. So I'm just going to pour this, check the colour, 
check the discussion. While you're pouring, have you ever seen those people who do, it's called like a torpedo or something. So they take the bottle and they like spin it around really fast. And then it creates this kind of like tornado torpedo. And then that allows them to chug it really fast. I'm sure that's not a chugging beer, but. uh... (laughs) I'm not very good at chugging beers. Okay. I've never really been very good at that kind of stuff. And also, yeah, this beer is probably too nice to chug. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, cheers. Cheers, Tatum. Mm -hmm. Happy chatting. Yeah, just so everyone knows if what I start saying doesn't make sense, it's because of the truly. So (laughs) we'll just, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm sure we'll be fine. So Tatum, where exactly are you zooming in from today? So exactly, I am in Loganville, Georgia, which is kind of in the outskirts of Atlanta between Athens, which is a really big college town, and obviously the city of Atlanta. And yeah, it's like the country, the suburbs, we just wanted, I feel so like redneck or whatever saying this, but we just wanted more land and we wanted, you know, to have a bigger house and a better yard. And honestly, like, for what we have and the price that we pay is ridiculous. So yeah, that's where I am right now. With this podcast, I like to get into what people want to talk about with their travel experiences firsthand. And with you, Tatum, I know you're not going to shy away from talking how it is, which I'm really appreciating. There's no sugarcoating. No. This is just how it's going to be. So let's dive straight in. Okay. Can you recall the moment when you first fell in love with traveling? I feel like it's hard to really pinpoint one exact time. Uh, Like growing up, we didn't really travel that much. It was always like going to Florida, going to Disney World, you know, doing little things like that. So I never grew up traveling. And then once I got to college, I ended up actually switching colleges to go down to UCF, which is Central Florida. And that was like, holy shit. This is like a whole new world coming from a very small hometowny type of place. We had like one stoplight, you know, one dollar <laughs> general somewhere. <laughs> but after I got down there, I felt like a whole world opened up. And I think the catalyst for me traveling was actually being in a very toxic relationship when I was in Florida. I was with this guy for about a year and a half. And honestly, like, because I didn't know a lot of people in Florida and I was still very new, I just felt really lonely, I guess, whenever we broke up and just, I didn't know who the fuck I was. Like I ended up dropping out of college and I was just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm I'm tired of being in a relationship. I'm tired of, you know, doing everything for everyone else. So I ended up meeting this girl and her boyfriend and some of his friends and his uncle actually flew me out to Las Vegas for like my first ever trip to Las Vegas. And I feel like that was the catalyst of me traveling and being spontaneous and being fucking wild. Like that was, that was like (laughs) the start of travel slash me being single Um, so that trip was, it's another, like any trip I've ever been on. It was one of the craziest experiences, but I went out there alone and then I met up with them. We stayed in like the penthouse of Caesar's palace. Like it was just money being thrown around, just alcohol partying all night. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is how I will be able to find myself, you know, drowning myself in drugs and alcohol and everything. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it it was more so the fact that I was literally sitting in my house and she was like, please come with us, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I don't know these people, whatever. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be spontaneous. And then I think that trickled into all my other travels, too, about me just being so fearless and being like, you know, really, what's the worst that could happen? It seems like that was a catalyst to a change in your mindset. Was that like a a moment where you suddenly came out of your shell, Tatum, and turned into this person who was so courageous and willing to say yes and just get in amongst it? 
You know, I think I've always kind of been like that, but I think after being in a relationship, a very, very toxic relationship, I lost that sense of myself. So it was almost like me being reborn back into myself, you know, because growing up, like I was always kind of like an outcast, I guess I would always have crazy hair colors. I would always wear the craziest clothes, you know, like I never really cared what other people thought, but I felt like in this relationship, I really just kind of lost all of that. So I feel like, again, it was almost like a reincarnation of, you know, my true self. Hmm. And traveling has always been a similar vein to you since then. It's been a very jump into the deep end, no fear, go for it, and all the other destinations you've been to. Yes, 100%. And, you know, I think the biggest reason was because when I decided to become an entrepreneur, you know, I worked from home, I could make my own hours, whatever. And trying to find people to travel with is hard. Like most people have a regular job, you know, it sucks because there are times when I want to go play golf on a Wednesday or I want to go to the fucking Bahamas on a Monday morning or something. And what I slowly started realizing is that I just can't wait for other people. Like if I want to go out and have these amazing experiences, like I can go and do it myself. I have enough trust and courage and belief in myself that I can go do these things. So we're going to talk now about bullshit or <laughs> lack thereof, Tatum. My favorite topic. <laughs> I know quite a number of Americans over the years I've traveled and you meet Americans all over the world. And I've also worked and lived in the USA for a period of time too. Now, there's a preconception that American people are kind of fake, don't always say what they mean. Sometimes just to be polite to your face. I don't get that vibe from you, Tatum. Can you shed some light on what I've just said and whether it's not true or a little bit true? And do you have any sort of rebuttal to that comment? So for me, I feel like, honestly, that type of thing really happens all over the world. To me, it's more of like, if you know someone for a long period of time, you have more shit that you can talk about them, right? Versus if you, I mean, it's true, right? Um, versus if you meet someone for the first time or you hang out with them a couple of times, like let's say on an international trip or something, it might be more, they might be more inclined to be more true to themselves. Either they think, you know, I'm not ever going to see you again or things like that. For me, I feel like I almost do, I feel like anyone who is not a hundred percent authentically themselves and kind of shy away from that. You're doing a disservice to other people because you're showing them a facade. Like you're showing them something or someone that you aren't really, you aren't really whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to get my words out. Uh, see, it's the truly talking already. <laughs> no, but it's more like the fear of judgment, right? Because people are so scared to be themselves. What if people don't like me? What if this, what if that? But in reality, it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, I want you to like me for being my true self, not because I'm hiding behind something. And then later on, you find out that, oh, I'm a completely different person. That was just all a show. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So I guess traveling can sort of open the doors to exploring yourself in that way trying to be authentic with yourself or at least seeing what kind of uh, facade or lack of facade that you want to show. Well, and I think it also brings up the point of sometimes traveling allows you to hide behind all these different identities. Like I know a lot of people who love to go travel and they like to be this person. They love to put on accents. They love to do all of that. So sometimes it's just even channeling that inner creative or just wanting to be a different person constantly. And, you know, I think with the internet and being online, it's easy to hide behind those kinds of facades. But when you're actually in person, um, you can just kind of mold into the person that you are, right? Hmm. Speaking of facades, Tatum, and the internet and social media, I'm going to throw in there as well. One thing I've had discussions with previously on the podcast is how travel and social media and social media travel influences are and whether they're depicting a true and authentic life as 
to what they're living. Now, I'm going to throw out a couple of questions to you because I'm very curious to know what you'll say to these things in terms of your experiences and your entrepreneurship and the audiences that you have with you. If I said to you, is travel glamorous, what would you say? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> why and why why do you say that? I really feel like Instagram and Facebook and a lot of those platforms have killed the true meaning of travel, um, which is actually why I started my blog, you know, four or five years ago, because I remember when I was going to Bali for the first time ever, I was going to Dubai and then we were flying to Bali right after. So talk about a big culture shock for both of those places, a third world country and one of the wealthiest countries. And when I was doing all the research online, I found like, you know, celebrities who were in Bali and these beautiful places and the beaches and everything like that. And when I got there, I realized that no one had told me about the bad stuff. Like the road systems are absolute shit there. It takes 45 minutes or it looks like on a map, it's going to take 45 minutes to get somewhere. And it takes two and a half hours. Um, I was being, some guy literally came up and started rubbing my feet on the beach. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, while, while I had my eyes closed, you know, there's all these little things that, yeah, it was very weird. I know. I see your face. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just waiting there for Cena. He was, he was out surfing and I was just laying there on the beach and yeah, some guy comes up and starts like trying to rub my feet and like trying to sell me paintings and things like that. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> so when I came back, I realized that no one on the internet was really talking about the bad parts of travel or just the more well-known things that maybe you should know when you're actually traveling. Um, because I feel like travel has the good, the bad and the ugly. Like I remember going to Mardi Gras and with all of my friends and we were sitting at this restaurant and we literally saw a guy like shooting up heroin, like right outside of the restaurant. He was like taunting us with his little syringe and stuff. And like, I'm sorry, that's scary. You know, you're there drunk, having a good time um, and things like that are happening. So I think the biggest thing is for people to understand that travel. Yes, of course, it can be glamorous and all this. If you have a lot of money, if you stay at five star resorts, but I feel like you're not going to get the most out of travel in that way. Why do you think these Instagrammers or just people in general neglect to inform people on these negative aspects of the places that they've visited? So I've been a very like political person lately. Um, and I feel like this kind of goes hand in hand. So with the media and stuff like that, the truth doesn't sell, but headlines sell. And I feel like that's very true within the travel industry as well. Like the bad reviews don't sell the good ones do the, you know, they get paid to do these good reviews, these good marketing, these good paid advertising campaigns and press trips and stuff like that. So I feel like that's kind of why, like people, why do they want to talk about all the bad stuff when they can just talk about the good stuff, the pretty stuff, the stuff that people like and comment on and scroll through on Instagram. So Tatum, with your website and your blog, you are, as I said earlier, uh, a no fluff, no filters, real fucking travel talker, no <laughs> bullshit. Would you place yourself definitely in a very small minority when it comes to giving both sides of the travel sphere and never neglecting to mention the shite that is potentially in places as opposed to, I mean, you don't really see much. Like, for example, I'm thinking of a, a picture in Bali, let's say, of this beautiful beach. And then you crop out all the shit, the plastic and the garbage bags and the, the dead bodies washed up on the shore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely in the minority and, you know, I've, I've always kind of felt like that in every sense of my life, I guess, because of the way that I act, the way that I am no bullshit and very authentic, not in, you know, obviously the way that I look or whatever, but I'm very much a person to just be 100% authentic. And 
I'll admit like on Instagram, I would post beautiful pictures, of course, but a lot of my captions would kind of be like, I remember I posted this picture of Dubai. Um, it was of the Burj Al Arab, which is like the only seven star hotel in the world. And I was like, look at this beautiful picture of the Burj Al Arab. But I was like, what you didn't see is that I was literally running down to the beach trying to catch the sunset. I had a bird shit on my head. <laughs> and so for giving people the real story of like, yes, this is a beautiful building, but this is kind of what it took to get there, if that makes sense. Like I have honestly had some incredible experiences in some amazing destinations. Like I went skydiving in Dubai. Um, I went hang gliding in Brazil. I went bungee jumping in South Africa, paragliding in the Swiss Alps, all of that. But when I was hang gliding in Brazil, for example, I was extremely hungover, like probably <laughs> one of the worst hangovers I've ever had. They were, I was in Copacabana with um, my best friend who's Brazilian. We had been in Brazil for two weeks. We were in Brasilia, which no one spoke English there. Like she was basically translating for me the entire time. Then we went to Rio. They, they had like $1 caparinhas at this like hostel bar. There was like dance parties. It was wild. And then the next day I was hang gliding and it took everything in my body not to puke on every single civilian on that beach. And like, I literally landed, I started running. I went to this like outhouse that just happened to be on the beach. And I like projectile vomited, you know? So it's one of those things is like, you don't know the story behind what's going on in these pictures. There's so many apps with filters and you can insert clouds. You can make your waist smaller. You can add in bows. You can add in sunsets. Like who the fuck knows what's real anymore? Speaking of Instagram still, I'm aware that there's a, a big tendency for people who are heavily involved in Instagram to really focus on their audience and how many followers they have and how many likes they have for their pictures, which I suppose is a reason why people want to have the best content they can have on their platforms with their filters, with their cropping of certain objects, with telling maybe half the story rather than the whole story of how that picture came about. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think a main reason why you might not see some of the bad things on these social media platforms is because people are so afraid of potentially losing followers or losing their audience if they do show less glamorous things? You know, I feel like social media is kind of taking a turn and more people are really going towards showing the more behind the scenes, the more real type of things. I know that there's been... Um, some videos on TikTok where it's like the the truth behind the picture and it'll be like a girl traveling in Greece or something and she'll show her picture but then she'll kind of tell the story of like oh I actually rented this dress it was the wind was blowing 40 miles per hour stuff like that so I feel like the way that social media is kind of going and kind of shifting that it's getting better hmm. but you know, that's not to say that people feel like they're defined by their likes, by their followers and stuff like that. I know people who have over a million followers and don't make jack shit for money. So it's like, what are you celebrating? What are you like, what's the point? You know, for me, when I'm running my business, one, I want to have clients and people, customers, whatever, followers who really love and care about me and who are waiting for my next kind of post or course or whatever it is. And when you grow such a big following, I feel like it becomes completely less intimate, which is like, so what you just want to be this Instagram celebrity or whatever, what, what is that going to get you? And I think that's a huge reason why I start to stray away from the whole travel influencer thing and started dabbling in becoming a travel coach, um, a fearless travel coach, because I see what travel can do for other people. And I want to bring that back into the light. Very, very nice. So let's move away slightly from travel uh, influencing and social media back to just yep. real yeah. <laughs> raw traveling. A question I want to ask you, Tatum, is when it comes to experiences, do you think it's better to have a positive experience rather than a negative experience? And remembering that in a way, you've 
paid a lot of money for this traveling experience. So would you rather one or the other or being you Tatum, would you just take it as it comes? <laughs> well, I would definitely take it as it comes. And I'd say to go into every single travel experience with zero expectations, because I feel like, especially everything that you see online, you set the bar really high. Uh, like I remember traveling to Key West, you know, it's this beautiful, the beaches in, in Florida, they're all man-made. The water feels like fucking bath water. There's like a lot of old people there. It's it's not as glamorized to me as it seems online. And so if you go in with expectation, you, you 100% of the time are going to be let down because you set the bar too high based on these, you know, beautiful pictures and these perfectly curated blog posts and stuff like that. So I think having a good or a bad experience, because honestly, the bad experiences make for really funny conversations later on, you know? <laughs> I totally agree, Tatum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have some crazy story, like some of the stories, I, I honestly feel like I could just write a book with all of the things that have happened to me, good, bad, ugly things. And it's just, whenever I talk to people about certain experiences, they're just like, one, how are you alive? Two, uh, can I go with you next time? You know, <laughs> I think it really helps to have these conversations with other people. Like, Hey, even though something bad happened, I'm still going to go on another trip. You know what I mean? Like, don't let those bad things kind of hold you back. Yeah. Speaking of the good, the bad and the ugly, and I suppose more specifically the bad and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned in a previous conversation we've had on Zoom before, Tatum, that there's been quite a number of, as you say, dumbass mistakes that you've made in your traveling experiences. I'm very curious to know some of these stories. So do you have maybe three different stories where you've made amateur blunders or you've been hung over and done something silly or you've just been kind of ignorant to the social and cultural surroundings and you've made a faux pas or something like that do you have three of your biggest dumbass mistakes that you could share well actually with you just saying that um i had i wrote down three but after you saying that so again when we were in dubai this is the first one. And I feel like this is definitely a bad one. Uh, so we were, we were there for an, oh, what's it called? A food show because my fiance and his dad, they own an ethnic food importing and distributing company. So they have the goal food show, which is like one of the biggest in the entire world. And we stayed at Atlantis, which is, you know, I feel like at a, a more Americanized place, um, but it was like right on the palm. Anyways, they were at the food show. I was exploring Dubai all by myself um, and decided that day I was going to go to the water park there. It was fucking amazing. Well, I had my GoPro and I was like filming stuff and I met these two like Muslim guys and they were like older guys, whatever. Long story short, we had a fucking blast that day. They asked if, if I wanted them to film me coming down one of the big slides. And I was like, yeah, sure. Who cares if you run off with my really expensive GoPro at the very <laughs> beginning of my trip? So anyways, we start having fun. We're like going down water slides together. It, it wasn't weird. It was just like we were almost like kids having fun. So at the very end, you know, we said our goodbyes. And the thing was, like, I was in a bikini and I went up and I was like, oh, my God, God, guys, it was so much fun to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And I like bring them in for a hug and literally like people are staring at us. And it's one of those things like you are not supposed to hug them. You're not supposed to touch them, especially me being in a bikini. And I literally got back that night and I told Cena's dad and he was like, you're going to get your fucking hand chopped off. Like, why would you do that? People are all around. Like we literally had an audience and I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like I didn't even really know. And I went in for the hug and yeah, he was like, don't fucking do that again, please. Uh, <laughs> so that's one of the stories. I remember I was backpacking Europe. I went on a 30 day trip. I ended up booking online. I was kind of like all over the place because I would kind of decide when I wanted to go places. I had a plan, but I didn't have a set plan. 
So I ended up booking online this train ticket in Germany. And whenever I got on the train, I saw that this lady and her son were like sitting in my seat. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, what am I supposed to do? Well, me being me, I started an argument because I'm like, you're in my fucking seat. So we're going back and forth. We're showing each other our tickets, blah, blah, blah. And finally she gives up. And I know everyone's thinking like, wow, she had a child. Don't care. Like, this is my seat. Um, later on the guy who comes around to check the tickets was like, yeah, this ticket is for like a month from now. And he was like, you have to pay $150. Um, if you want to stay on this train, otherwise you have to get off at the next stop. And I was freaking out. And then I felt so terrible for bitching at this lady and her son. Wow. So yeah, that was pretty bad. And then the last one, because there are literally a hundred was, I, me and Sina were going to London for New Year's um, and then we were going skiing in the French Alps. So like the South of France. And we had this very specific ski bag. Like I've never seen one like it. We fly up to Boston and then from Boston, we fly to London. And for anyone who knows London, like all the airports are about an hour outside of the true heart of the city. Long story short, we get to our Airbnb, we open up our ski bag, and it's literally filled with men's underwear, flip-flops, like all this kind of stuff. And I guess we had got the wrong bag. It just so happened that someone on our flight had this very specific ski bag, and we just didn't check. I, I had opened the front. I opened the front of the luggage and I saw that my hand warmers weren't there and I was like okay this is weird but I don't know maybe they don't allow hand warmers on a long trip I don't know I don't know what I was thinking I had also eaten a weed cookie so I <laughs> probably you know it was it was a long flight it was like an overnight flight so we were like a little woozy when we got there like we had thousands of dollars worth of ski gear in our stuff and then here it is like men's underwear. So we have to go all the way back to the airport. They found the luggage. We had to buy clothes. It was just this whole big mess, but we got it back and everything was fine. So, you know, obviously it was very stressful when we were in that time, but. Hmm. So in summary, <laughs> let me just try to, uh, let's say lessons learned from Tatum Skipper's experiences on the road. When in Dubai, no public displays of affection? Yes. Yes, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Especially not in a bikini. Well, uh, I guess in a bikini exacerbates the public displays of affection. Exactly. To a level that could get your hand chopped off, apparently. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, When in Germany, and I know this is true for the UK as well, check that your advanced ticket is for the correct train. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yes, that's also happened to us. I was traveling with a friend in Italy and she she booked the right day, but she booked the wrong train station. So we still ended up missing our train because we were in one train station when we were supposed to be in another. Mm. So that's a huge thing whenever you're traveling is check, recheck, double check all of your confirmations. Make sure everything is lining up. Make sure you're understanding the time zones as well, because you might be booking something you know, being here in America, but you're booking something for Dubai. You know, you might not, everything might not show up, I guess, the right way or the way that you're used to. So just being able to check and double check. And I suppose the last one, which is quite universal, you were in London at the time, but you could have been anywhere. Make sure you have the right bag. Yes. Well, and it actually happened when we flew up to Boston. So if we would have checked correctly, then none of that would have happened. So it's just, yeah, checking, rechecking, or making sure your bag. Um, I've been seeing those bags. I don't know if you've seen them, which is where you can get this sleeve that has like your face on it. (laughs) So just imagine me walking like how narcissistic it sounds but i would definitely do that (laughs) that's crazy 
I can't imagine myself with a big suitcase with my face on it. Yeah. No, I can't be asked for that. (laughs) Now, let's move uh, forward with your entrepreneurship and what you do now with your fearless travel coaching. Because I want to talk a bit about fear and how that relates to travel, but also in general life, I suppose. When it comes to fear, I know for me, and I suppose for most people, when we're placing ourselves in a situation that is unknown and different, it kind of manifests as like scary. Being the types of people we are, we can put up some kinds of barriers to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. But something that I've learned from traveling, in any situation, if you have a positive outlook and you believe that the best outcomes will happen and you just say yes, that's actually a really good mindset to have. Yes, 100%. Do you have like any particular stories where you've been in a situation, there's a decision that has to be made, and if I say yes, it could be a bad experience, but at least it will be an experience. Because I've heard you say before that you fear regret more than you fear failure. Yes, I definitely fear regret more than I fear fear failure. Here we go with the truly talk again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wouldn't say there's one specific story, um, but there is an approach that I like to go about with travel, um, which I call my at a girl approach. It's kind of like a virtual, I don't know, pat on your back type of thing. And so it's ATA. The first A is adventure. So I feel like anything can really become an event an adventure, right? So like leaving your house, going to a new grocery store. Like I just went to Trader Joe's for the first time ever the other day. Like that's fun. That's an adventure for me. Um, That's getting out of my comfort zone. It's not going in my routine. So I feel like people can find adventure in so many different things. And to me, travel is kind of like a vague term, but it's really anything that gets you out of your house and out of your comfort zone. And I feel like adventure is a huge part of that. Uh, also, part of what I teach is called experiential learning. So like imagine yourself in a room and that's like your little comfort bubble. And then outside of that room, it's kind of your growth and your challenge zone. So, you know, you want to dip your toes in the water. You really want to get into that zone. But then outside of that is your panic zone. And what happens is a lot of people will end up getting all the way out to their panic zone right off the bat with travel. So I decided I was going to go on a 30 day backpacking trip around Europe. I had never been to Europe. I opted out of the cell phone service package or whatever. So that I had to learn the trains, the bus, all of that. But for a lot of people, that would put them in their panic zone, right? And you don't want to do that because that reverts you all the way back to your comfort zone. And then it's even harder to get out of your comfort zone later to get into that challenge and growth zone. So I think that's a huge thing whenever people are traveling is like dipping your toes in the water, going on little adventures. In one of my courses, I actually do these things called experiments So they're like little fear experiments. And one of them is like going to dinner by yourself, just like having a nice dinner by yourself. That's not hard. It's going to get you out of your comfort zone, but it's not too crazy to where you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm I'm never going out of my house again, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the second one is the T, which is trust. And I always say we put the us in trust because it's true, like for having courage, confidence, all of that. If we don't trust ourselves, we're not, we're not going to have that on the road when we're out traveling, anything like that. And it's so important to trust in your abilities, your capabilities, your communication skills, your adaptability, like all of that. If you don't trust yourself, you're going to be constantly worrying. You're going to be, it's that whole unknown thing, right? Really fear does not live in the present moment. So like right here, right now, me and you talking, we're not scared of things. You know, maybe if you have a call in 30 minutes with a doctor and maybe you, you know, that's you projecting into the future, but right here, right now in this present moment, there is no fear. And if you can be more conscious of the present moment, which I feel like travel helps with that, 
then your fears are just going to kind of dissipate because fear really comes from whatever happened in the past, so like trauma and things like that. And then a projection of you thinking that the past is going to rewrite itself in the future, you know, self-sabotaging and things like that. So trust is fucking huge. You just have to be like, look, I am a badass. Like I'm going to go jump off this building. I'm going to go, you know, jump off this bridge, whatever to go skydiving, to do any of that. And just trust yourself that, you know, it might not end up the way that it's supposed to, but, or it might not end up the way that you wanted it to, but it's going to end up the way it's supposed to. Hmm. And then my second A is action, just taking action, just fucking doing it. Because for me, I know you said that, that I fear regret more than I fear failure. And actually in one of my podcast episodes, I talk about time and time is literally your biggest asset, but it's also your worst enemy. And the thing is like time passes by no matter what time does not stop for anyone. So why are you waiting? You know, I remember being in college and I was in a very specific chemistry major, long story short, because I know my stories get, <laughs> I go off on a tangent. I don't mind. When I was in college, hold on, let me take a sip. Cause, uh... <laughs> Let's both take a sip. Mm-hmm. Mm. Big sip. <clears throat> ah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I remember when I was in college. I was in a very specific chemistry major and I was like a crazy party girl. I don't know how I always made straight A's. I would come in literally X's on my face from like sleeping from the club the night before. Like I was wild. (laughs) There was this one guy, he was so sweet. Um, He was like the head of a business fraternity, but he didn't drink. Uh, He was like a high school basketball coach. You know, he did a lot of volunteer work. He was basically number one in our class, all these kinds of things. We'd be studying in the library for hours. And after we'd be done, I'm like, all right, let's go to the bar. Let's go get pizza. You know, all of us would be so excited that we're done. And he would always be like, no, no, no. So he was coming or yeah. So he was coming back from a frat party. And he was hit by a drunk driver and he was killed instantly. And he was two weeks away from getting into pharmacy school. So we had all graduated. This was kind of like the summer and two weeks he he was going to be in pharmacy school. So I really feel like that was another huge catalyst in my life. This was even before I moved to Florida in everyone else's eyes, he did everything right. And yet his life was still taken from him. And as cliche as it sounds, you literally are not promised tomorrow. So fuck it. Why not do it today? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. I have a few friends who have passed away in their twenties. Now that I'm older than the ages that they were when they passed away, you sort of think, you're living on borrowed time in a way because your friends never got that opportunity. Right. So why don't you try and make the most of what you've been gifted? You kind of can't really allow yourself to be sad and depressed when you think like that. Right. You have to just try exactly. your best to be optimistic and positive in every situation. Because uh, what I ask people all the time is like, let's say you had a near-death experience. Maybe you didn't die, but and maybe you had a near death experience tomorrow and you see your entire life flash before your eyes. Would you be proud of the show that you just saw? And for a lot of people, the answer is no, because they're waiting. They wait for the perfect time for a Monday, for a new year, for them to have a certain amount of money and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's the thing is like waiting is going to kill you. It's going to kill your dreams. It's going to kill your aspirations. There is literally never a perfect time. And again, I know that's super cliche, but it's just so true. And if you are able to live in the present moment and to understand that, like, look, fuck it. Like the stupid ass job is going to be there when I get back. You know, these stupid kids are going to No, I'm just kidding, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't have kids, so I can say that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, everyone is just waiting or they're booking trips and they're like, oh, I'm so excited for September. Yeah. But what about now? 
it, it doesn't cost a lot to go on a hike outside of your house or to get out of that hamster wheel and that just gruesome routine that people just love to stay in all the time. You know, it, it doesn't cost to do that. What's going to happen is it's going to cost you the rest of your life. It's going to cost your true happiness. You're going to end up plateauing. You're going to be like 65 and you're going to be like, damn, I didn't do shit with my life except work and shit and maybe go to a bar every once in a while. And get drunk. <laughs> and get drunk and, and try to forget that that's the life that you created for yourself. Mm. Add a girl or uh, add a boy in my case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adventure, trust, action. Yes. Really nice. And that, that applies to travel. But like you said, it also can apply to your day-to-day. -day. You can make your day-to-day -day an adventure. You can make yourself trust yourself in the day-to-day -day routines and objectives that you set for yourself i guess action i sort of see that as saying yes yes and doing stuff but i guess you could also in my case I, I mean i guess i could think about it as being optimistic and going for it thinking you're gonna get it right and not worry about stuff that's out of your control and things just get on with it yeah yeah, so there's actually um, this thing that I love to talk about from Tony Robbins. And, you know, this talks about basically your life and anything that you're doing in life. Let's say you're starting a business or whatever. So he says, think of your life as a deck of cards and the ace of spades is success, right? What happens is a lot of people start flipping over cards. Maybe one in a million will flip over the ace of spades the first or second time. That shit does happen. Those are exceptions. But for most people, especially the people out there listening, you're going to be flipping over a few cards. Well, what happens is people think, oh, I got the two of hearts. I got the queen of diamonds, whatever. And they start to get discouraged because they're like, I haven't got that ace of spades yet. But what Tony talks about is that using that as momentum instead of like pessimism or whatever. It was like, oh, I'm never going to get there. You're like, no, that means you're one step closer to getting there the next time. The more cards that you turn over, the closer that you're going to be. But the problem is people only turn over two, three, five cards and all of a sudden they give up. And so again, that goes back to like your plateauing of happiness because you're not challenging yourself. You're not actually getting out there and living. And for the people who keep turning over those cards, they don't give up. They stay consistent. They keep doing the things that get them one step closer. Eventually they will get that ace of spades. And that's how I feel like people should really look at life is use it as the momentum of like, okay, this didn't work out, but that means maybe the next thing is going to work out. It's just, there's this vicious cycle of people realizing like, oh my God, I want to do something. And then realizing that it's hard and then going back to, oh my God, I want to do something new. And then it's hard. The 1% of people who are really successful and really happy are the ones who make it past that kind of like valley of despair, I want to say, is they push past those hard parts and keep going. Yeah, that's brilliant. Noteworthy. I've even taken some notes here as well. <laughs> I've benefited a lot from this podcast. <laughs> you know, I it's just mindset is a huge thing, especially when it comes to travel. And really, the whole reason why I wanted to start why I wanted to get away from travel influencing and, and doing all that is because travel is so underrated for things. Like I have a podcast called 20 till takeoff. And a lot of the stories that I share are how people have been able to use travel to get over their fears, to get out of their comfort zone. Like people have healed their anxiety. They have healed their grief. They found who they want to be. And why are we not using travel? Like if you're going to go spend $600 on medication every two months, I mean, fuck, that's a round trip ticket to a nice destination. That could be your medication that you need. Like I remember actually interviewing this lady. She had a traumatic brain crash. She was pregnant with her third child and she was literally told that she had five years to live. So she was about to be on her third child. You know, all these things are going through her head. And what she realized is that 
if she can't give her children the world, she's going to show it to them, at least while she has the time now. Because, you know, when you think about five years, that's five more Christmases, Thanksgivings, birthdays, whatever, you know, that number really starts to weigh in on you. Mm. So long story short, she ends up traveling the world with her children. And now she's, she's lived 15 years past what they were saying. And they were like, we, we literally don't know what's happened, but keep doing whatever you're doing. (laughs) She was literally dying. Okay. That's crazy. And she was able to change her mindset and really just live in the moment because imagine you were given a diagnosis, you know, you have two weeks to live. What would you do? Would you be worrying about the stupid likes on Instagram? How many fucking followers you have? Would you be worried about all the bullshit that you're worried about right now? No, you wouldn't. You would be out smelling the fresh air. You'd be doing things that make you feel alive. So why wait for a very traumatic experience to happen for you to live life like that? Bang on. Bang on. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) My favorite four. Are you ready? Yeah. Tatum. What is your favorite language? Um, sarcasm. <laughs> nice. For sure. Uh, honestly, I used to take French. I feel like French, or yeah, French is a beautiful language. Uh, I just feel like I don't have the brain capacity, probably from all the drugs and alcohol, for <laughs> learning a new language. But honestly, uh, also Sina and his family, they speak Farsi and it's actually a really beautiful language. But what I love about it is a lot of their bad words and Farsi are like really bad. It's not like, (laughs) Hey, fuck you. It's like, fuck your whole bloodline, like your whole dynasty type of thing. So I think that's also why I like it. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite climate? Hmm. Oh, that's hard. Because I feel like, you know, my multiple personalities, they all like different ones. I I think it's really just I I love to embrace all the different climates. I love the mountains. I love the snow. I love to be like bundled up or skiing or just like the beautiful landscape of that. Uh, But I also love, I mean, I don't really love the beach. I'll be honest. I'm not like a oh my God, beach person, but the warm weather, like obviously Mm. being tan and not looking like a glass of spoiled milk. (laughs) So I think it really just depends on my mood. You know, I can't say I, I despise or love one or the other. That's fair enough. What is your favorite site or location to date? So my favorite destination, I guess. Uh, I would definitely say South Africa because I feel like it embodies me as a person. Like I'm very outdoors. Uh, the people are amazing there, the food, uh, and obviously the crazy adventures. Like we went great white shark diving. We went bungee jumping off the like highest commercial bungee jump in the whole world. We went paragliding, you know, the wineries, obviously that's like 90% of my blood is alcohol. So <laughs> BAC. So yeah, I South Africa, it's it's one of those places to where it, it's crazy. Like I just felt like I could explore it forever. But you know, I'll be honest though, and I want to tell this to a lot of people who are listening, is that I used to think that traveling was, you had to get on a plane to travel, right? Like you had to go to an exotic location that you've never been to. But when I did my 30 day uh, road trip across the United States, I realized that there is beauty all around in my home country. And for me to be able to get out and like go to the national parks and to go party in Vegas and go to a Red Rock show in Colorado and just driving around and meeting new people and all of that, like that type of experience, it's really like 
a compilation, I guess, of all the mini experiences, which, which makes this great, amazing experience. So I, I want people to understand that you don't have to go to South Africa. You don't have to go to, you know, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on plane tickets and nice resorts and all that, uh, to have an amazing trip, to have a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, that's a good point. And finally, Tatum, what is your favorite international greeting? Um, greeting, huh? Whenever they say one more beer, I feel like that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uno mas, <laughs> uh, uno mas cerveza. <laughs> um, greeting, hmm. You know, I feel I don't know, I don't know, honestly. Anywhere that greets me with, with open arms, you know, I'm... Oh, it's more a, a physical thing rather than a verbal physical. thing. Ah. Yeah, like I remember in Italy, everyone does the like kissing on the cheeks or whatever. And I felt very welcome there. So yeah, I agree. That's that's something hopefully that will return post-COVID. But we yes. don't know yet. We don't yes, know. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> My favorite four. Right, we're out of time, Tatum, but... I just want to plug your podcast and your entrepreneurial exploits that you've got going on. So can you tell the listeners uh, where they can find you on on the internet and where they can listen to you and all that jazz? Yeah, of course. So I have a blog called Bon Voyage Babes. Uh, it's Bon Voyage Dash Babes because some bitch... <laughs> had it and I tried to buy it from her and she hasn't used it in literally like four years and she was like no good luck and I was like yeah good luck to you I'm I win so anyways it's dash babes so you can find me on Instagram bon voyage underscore babes uh I'm on clubhouse I'm on tiktok and I also started the fearless travel coach. So I have a fear course that is out right now that is all about digging up fear. You know, we look at it like it's, uh, your life is like a Jenga tower, right? So everything that you've learned has kind of built up and you've just been pulling from the top, putting it, you know, back on top stacking. And what we do is literally knock that shit down and we help you rebuild to be the person that you really are today and not based on your past trauma and things like that. And it also helps you to be able to travel, to learn and to grow and to see how much travel can really bring to your life. So if you want to check that out, um, you can just follow me uh, at the Fearless Travel Coach on TikTok. I do a lot of stuff on there. Uh, and then my podcast called 20 till takeoff, you know, in the beginning, it started out as being 20 to 25 minute episodes, but obviously with how long I like to run my mouth, it's been longer than that. <laughs> so, uh, but you can find me at two zero till takeoff, uh, on Instagram, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. So. Thank you so, so much, Alan, for having me on the show, for allowing me to just ramble on for the last hour. <laughs> no, it's been wonderful. I think I've probably learned the most from this podcast session so far. I've actually taken notes and dot points and things like that. So thank you very much to you. I, uh, I hope to get out to the States at some point soon. And I've never been to Georgia. I've never been, in fact, to the whole sort of the south of the USA. So, yeah, it'd be nice to actually see you in three dimensions at some point and hang out, have a beer. We can go on a tour de Georgia, as I like to call it. And there are so many different places. I feel like Georgia is very underrated, you know, because you have Atlanta, the big city. Then you have the mountains, the wineries, which is only like an hour and a half. You have the beach, which is like three and a half hours, big city, everything. And it's very... Yeah. Good Southern food. Well, that's important, isn't it? Yes. A hundred percent. You can't come to the South and not eat some fried chicken and grits and fried green tomatoes and whatever. You might leave 300 pounds, but I'll help you out with that. <laughs> I think it'll be the boobies more than the food though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Vagabond. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. And if you would like to listen to other interesting talks on travel, there are more podcasts available. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. And for updates, just follow me. 
at The Nostalgic V. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time. Hey guys, if you enjoy listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond, why not support the podcast? If you haven't already, subscribe, and you'll be notified when new apps drop. You can also support the podcast by leaving a rating or a review on your podcast app. Why not share this episode? Tell your friends about it if something resonated with you. Word of mouth is great promotion. If you're into social media, maybe post a screenshot of the episode or upload the link on your profile so your mates can see what interesting content you've been into lately. All your support comes straight back and helps to keep the travel content and nostalgia of this podcast going. Cheers. So don't forget to subscribe.